podcast is a proud member of the Lost Podcasting Network. Get all your favorite Lost podcasts in one feed at lostcast.blogspot.com. Thank you. Now there will be some turbulence up ahead, so please remain seated. Hello everyone, and welcome to Rethinking Lost. Today, we're joined by a very special guest, and we talk filler episodes and Jack's wonderful beard. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Rethinking Lost. Uh, my name is Elton McManus and joining me today is Scott Compton in America. Hello. And Anna from the Lot no sorry. Anna from the Jacob's Lost No, hang on. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> Jacob's Cabin Lost Podcast. That's it, I get all the words the wrong way around. The Jacob's <laughs> Cabin Lost Podcast. How are Hi. you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I'm looking forward to this. This is our very first guest on the show. Yeah. Yay! So your podcast is uh, also running through the hiatus period, right? You're releasing is about once a month, right? Yeah, now. We're, we're shooting for about once a month. School's starting up again, though, so we might kind of slack off a little bit, but mm-hmm. we'll definitely be back strong in season six. Now your co-host is local, right? It's someone. Yes, she nearby. is my coworker. Okay. And she's the person that got me hooked on Lost in the first place. That's right. You mentioned it wasn't uh, back when the show first started. Your your first introduction was about a year ago, two years ago? Mm-hmm. About a year and a half ago. Yeah. Now, would you agree? We have a, a friend who's been getting into the show, um, I guess just over the last month or so. But he says it's, it's must, because it must watch TV. He says he watches four episodes at a time. He just sits down and plows through a set of DVDs. Did you kind of do the same thing, or was it kind of... Yeah, I watched it fast. I watched it as fast as I could. I caught up to wherever season four was in February last year. I watched all of Lost up to that point through the entire month of February. So that has to be a completely different experience. It is. Well, (laughs) Well, I knew one major spoiler, basically for the whole series, and that's all I knew. I knew Charlie was going to die at some point. And besides that, I knew nothing. All I knew was they crashed on an island, so I just started watching and I couldn't stop. That's cool. But you're also missing, uh, like, the frustration of of the writer's strike, right? Do you, you kind of were caught up mm, after the writer's strike? I think when I came or... in, there were still a few more weeks of writer's strike. Oh, okay. I think. Because the way they scheduled the show, and, and only have to say whether it was the same in the UK, but they had lost on... For a while, it was in like eight-week chunks with a like a month-long break in between. And I know there was the one season where they had a few episodes. Then there was nothing until after January. That was when they had the Hydra Island, and then took some time off and came back. And then the writer strike obviously interfered, and it just uh, you had to be really committed, I think, in which most people were who watched the show. But to stick it out, they were giving you every reason in the world to decide to watch something else. Switching the time, switching the day, not being <laughs> on on a regular schedule. Yeah, the times seemed to change over here as well, and they changed channels. Uh, it went from Channel 4 to Sky, which meant you couldn't. I couldn't watch it in bed anymore. I used to sit in, in bed and watch it, because I think it was on quite late, around about 10 o'clock at night. 
and they they changed the time to nine o'clock and on Sky, so then I'd sit downstairs and watch it and really bugging up my viewing. When you watched, could you get the sense of when they had switched from what they call filler episodes to having a purpose? Like, was it all of a sudden the storytelling seemed much more focused and direct watching it at high speed? I guess so. I mean, I thought it was all great. I hadn't really watched TV for a while, so, you know, it was all was all pretty entertaining to me. Uh, I did think the flashbacks got a little slow in season two and three, so I was kind of like, okay, get back to the island, get to the good part. Um, so yeah, at, at the end of season three, it definitely picked up. Right. Well, you know, you make a good point because, you know, I said filler episodes, and that's a commonly used term when describing Lost, and, and actually a lot of shows now, but there. <laughs> but I have to say, and you might have heard in the other podcast we did too, that with like Nikki and Paulo, I didn't really see that as a complete waste of an episode. I thought that was pretty cool, the way they kind of force gumped them into old scenes. And there were a couple parts in the Lost story that we've seen that, that were kind of dead ends. Not so much a loose end, but just boy, that was a waste that they you know spent 20 minutes talking about this or making that happen. But uh, I, I don't really see that much filler in the early seasons. So, like, for example, Nikki and Paolo, I, that doesn't bother me. That episode I thought was pretty cool. And it didn't really disrupt the storytelling. It didn't take it anywhere, I guess. But it didn't, it didn't feel like, well, that was a waste this week. No, I, I quite enjoyed that episode. I think I've already said that before. Um... I like the way that they stuck him in the pilot, and it was quite a nice little story just to kill him off. Obviously, they knew that these guys weren't going down well with the general public, and I tend to think that they scrambled around, oh, okay, let's kill these guys off, and that's what they did, and I think they ended up with a great show there. Did you like that episode, Anna, or was it... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really liked Expose. I know a lot of people had a problem with it, because they just thought it seemed so forced to throw Nikki and Paolo in there like that, but I liked it. I mean, you do wonder, what are all these other people doing? What are all these extras and red shirts doing running around on the island the whole time? Surely they're exploring and, and having problems of their own. So I liked seeing a different side of the story. Now, wasn't Paulo actually like a really famous actor, too? If I remember, in, not necessarily in, in the United States, but I think he's internationally a pretty big name of an actor. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I can't really remember him from anything. No, but I, I remember that was back when I was willing to look at spoilers, and when they kind of had like the casting announcement, it was like, oh my gosh, does that mean Jack's leaving? Is that going to be a major new character? It was the same kind of reaction that uh, they kind of gave when the Faraday character was cast. That it was, it was the same kind of name recognition. One episode I will say I thought just kind of went nowhere. And it, I didn't think it had to. I thought they could have really done something with it. Was the one with Jack's tattoos? Ah, oh, yeah, I was going to bring that one up. Uh, Stranger in a Strange Land. But there's so many parts of that episode that like could have made that meaningful. The the judge, the branding, the tattoos, and and what they said it meant, and then that went nowhere. So. Or even why he was in in where was he Thailand? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why was he there? Maybe it was because of his dad or something. Maybe he had to get away. I mean, it could have been a much more interesting story in that respect. Now, I, I don't remember where that actually falls in the sequence of episodes. I wonder if they were setting up kind of 
what could have been a filler loop that like well as they need something for somewhere down the road they could have gone somewhere with that and added some plot but mm. there are so many pieces of that like they gave the tattoos a meaning that was kind of suggestive they had the whole tribunal system for Juliet mm. that's right well I think we had two two and a bit seasons of seeing his tattoos and wondering where they came from and everything seems to have a reason in this program mm-hmm. and they're on display so much and I think there's there's episodes where they're not actually there and so they, they must have a hidden meaning somewhere and just to get a lame excuse where he went to Thailand and he bullied some woman into putting them on him well, I just thought that was a bit lame but it, it did what? seem I think it was halfway through season three and I think they didn't have an end end point at that point did they and it just seemed like they were dragging things out a little bit but I think towards the end of season three, they knew they were going to go for six seasons, and then they started rushing all the shows, and they they had an end point, and they knew where they were going. I feel like I heard at some point that those are actually Matthew Fox's tattoos, but partway through the series, he got more tattoos. So if it seemed like he didn't have as many and then he had more, I mean, that might be the reason why that he got more and he wouldn't tell what his reason was or what the tattoos meant to him so they kind of had to make something up mm. for the show as far as what they meant i think i've heard that as well all right so i'm looking at the credit information for that episode it's episode nine from season three stranger in a strange land and the writers are uh, elizabeth sarnoff and christina kim do you reckon guest writers on this then to see if I can get a list of other episodes they've done. So Elizabeth Sarnoff, she wrote for actually some pretty big episodes. Further Instructions, The Whole Truth, The Man Behind the Curtain, Follow the Leader, Egg Town, Meet Kevin Johnson, Le Fleur, Jughead, The Hunting Party, Dead is Dead. Some big ones there then. Yeah. And Christina Kim, she wrote The Other Woman, or contributed to The Other Woman, Two for the Road, the Whole Truth, Para Beyond, Stranger in a Strange Land, and The Hunting Party. Now, did you think that there were any filler episodes in Season 4 and Season 5, bearing in mind that these are a lot shorter seasons? Because I remember going through uh, Season 4 and the DVDs, and the start of the season seemed very slow, like Eggtown. I can't really remember exactly what happens in there, but it's just before The Constant, and The Constant blows everyone's mind, doesn't it? And then yeah. I, I, th- I think season four is infamous for the constant. And I'm, I don't know if you'll agree, but I think the Economist was a little bit of a filler episode with Saeed. Yeah, because we still don't know who the Economist is. It was, uh, I guess, the the big part of that episode was seeing Ben at the end. Yeah, I think that really set the stage for what we see in season five, where Saeed doesn't want to work for Ben anymore. Well, why not? Mm-hmm. This is where we see this is the experience he had working for Ben, and it it didn't really turn out <laughs> for the best. Yeah, he got his heart broken. He got shot. Ben doesn't really care. What about the uh, the last comment in that um, episode then, where he's he's got um, Saeed in the veterinary surgery and he's taking the bullets out of his shoulder. And he says, uh, may I remind you about the last time you thought with your heart and not with your head. What was he talking about at that point there? I don't know. I had always assumed that we were going to find out that was how Nadia died, that he had made some sort of choice and and gotten her killed. But Mm. it didn't play out that way. 
No, I'm just wondering if something is coming on in season six that we haven't seen yet. I might not be given that enough credit. So that that might be. That's the first time we see Saeed off island. That's how we learn he's part of this Oceanic Six. Is that right? That must be when we found out. I I think so because they just started revealing that at the beginning of season four. So beginning of the end, we saw Hurley confirmed dead was probably Jack, right? And then economist Saeed, Eggtown, we find out Kate, and the constant, well, that's Desmond, and then G. Yeon, we find out Sun gets off. Okay. Yeah. So they kind of did sort of one episode for each person who got off the island. Right. I think the issue, again, is spoilers, that I had known ahead of time who was going to be off the island. So in that sense, I, I lost the value of the episode then where other people were like, oh my god, he made it, and that's this is not a flashback, it's it's the present. For me, I kind of knew more. Gotta stay away from spoilers. <laughs> it makes it really does make a difference. I remember at the beginning, I didn't really follow too much, and, and not to blame anybody other than myself, but I would go to that dark UFO website, and it was just so easy to dig and poke and click, and so tempting. To, to click and find out one more little fact and mm. I just I definitely enjoyed season 5 trying to stay away from that stuff a lot more well I think any other filler episodes would probably be things that came farther back and maybe a whole episode by itself isn't necessarily even filler but just that what took place over 2 or 3 episodes could have been condensed do you think the Dave episode had a lot of uh, significance to the story I mean, aside from maybe one or two things that could have been picked out and put in another episode, did we need to see Hurley interacting with Dave? Kind of. It kind of tells us what might have been wrong with him or why he might have been in the in the mental institute in the first place. It, it wasn't like it was vital to the overall plot, the overall story, but it was, I think, important backstory on Hurley. I remember feeling at the time that it was kind of a... Not a, a slap, but kind of a throwback to the fans of, all right, you all think this is going to be like seeing elsewhere and someone's just having a dream and they're going to, you know, they imagine the whole thing. And the way that episode went and what Dave kept saying to Hurley, like, is it just a dream? Just jump off the cliff, you'll wake up. I felt like that was almost kind of a an acknowledgement that that was a theory and, and an episode spent just kind of shooting it down. No, I still love uh, the episode, Dave. I think that's... Oh, I enjoy an episode. Yeah. I understand what you mean by filler. Just it, it doesn't really drive the plot along much. It's just more. It's more of a, a character uh, episode, isn't it? Just with Hurley. But yeah, I understand what you're saying there. There's not really an episode or two that stand out in my head that I say, "Wish that wasn't there." The way some people react to Nikki and Paula and stuff. I, as a complete set of episodes, I think it's a great story. And it, certainly, at certain times, the pacing seemed a little quick or a little slow but I wouldn't say there was anything that you know, cut this chunk out like the the stuff on the Hydra Island There's some people didn't like that they felt like that was a season within itself see now I think you need to watch that two or three times to actually understand it fully um, when I, I first saw it on the TV I, was, I wasn't getting bored of it it just seemed to have a very slow pace to it and on second and third watching of it it just seems to pick up pace huge amounts. It has value, but I, it has value kind of in, in retrospect. You know, the building of the runway. You know, we, 
that's where we got to see that 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 was in the plans and all. I, I do remember one in uh, season one. I, I can't remember the name of the actual uh, episode itself, but there was one where um, Locke tied up Boone and he gave him the magic paste on his head, and that just seemed to have nothing going on. I can't, I can't remember exactly what happened in that one, but first time around it just seems to have nothing going on up until the point where he put the paste on his head and then he started hallucinating about um, Shannon and then they had the smoke monster chasing them and killing Shannon and yeah up until he had the paste on his head it was just a nothing episode is that the one where Boone he has um, I guess it's like an hallucination about the nanny falling up the stairs and down the stairs that's Locke's vision, I think. Yeah. When oh, where Boone Locke... talks to him in the... That's with Echo? Is that when he goes in? No, that's still in season one. Because oh, it's before Boone dies. Is it before Boone before dies? Before they even found the plane. Yeah, because it's before they found the plane. Because Boone says, Teresa falls up the stairs, Teresa falls down the stairs. And then Locke sees the plane flying. And then I think they're sleeping out there or something. Or he's sleeping on the beach, maybe, and he wakes up. He says, okay, we have to go find this plane that I saw crash. I think Boone's kind of skeptical, and then they get there, and there's actually the Nigerian drug plane up on the cliff. That's right, yeah. I'm looking at um, an episode guide online that you sent a link to me for earlier, and uh, for Hearts and Minds, I think this is the one you were talking about with the paste. Um, And this is because it says when Locke learns that Boone wants to share their secret about the hatch with Shannon, Locke decides to teach him a lesson. So that's kind of what it's about. Yeah. That's right. I remember that one now, too. Now, were were there any in season five that you thought were a bit fillers? I I was... I know the life and death of Jeremy Bentham still gets me. I think they could have done that so much better. Maybe it's not a filler, but it did filled the gap of the lock story and I think when it came out everyone was like yes it's going to be an awesome episode and it just pitted out into a a, a faff really I, I just wasn't impressed with it at all yeah we talked last episode about the death scene being kind of anticlimactic and and I, I do think he, he gets just kind of whiny toward the end mm. I don't know but that's one of the episodes that they changed the order right there was 316 and Jeremy Bentham and I, I believe they were a couple of episodes were written and, and able to be basically resequenced and they were aired in a I guess not the original order yeah that's right yeah mm-hmm. I don't know that's season 5 I didn't necessarily feel like it had um, filler material I just I felt like it was unevenly paced yeah. I really didn't think we were going to get to the island as quickly as we did well, there seemed to be a lot of, well, some would say a lot of filler material with the um, Some Like It Hoth. Now, I I personally like that one, but a lot of people that don't like Star Wars don't like all the Star Wars references and just they can't see the point in actually having them in there. But if you go back to season one, there's loads of Star Wars references in, in that season and no one really complained about it then. Well, in terms of, of plot and story advancement with that episode... What did we really get out of that? We got um, some of Miles' character development, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's where we found the site where the incident would be. We found the first real acknowledgement uh, by Hurley to another character that he has this 
or actually by Miles, that he has this power to talk to the dead, sort of. Oh, some that's clarification right, yeah. that they're different. Yeah. Yeah, they're talking in the uh, Dharma van, aren't they, about that? Right. At that point, we didn't really have much bad happening for Sawyer. Was Ben already with the others then? I'm trying to rack my brain. Uh, we'll go we sequence here. We had, he's our you, so that's where we met the torturer. So at that point, Saeed's already been found. Whatever happened, happened. That's where they end up bringing Ben to Richard. I'm assuming so, yeah. Dead is dead is back oh. on the Hydra Island. So I, I pretty much, I think it's probably right around the time that things are falling apart for Sawyer and Juliet. But I can't think if there's anything specifically in there that that, that episode needed, you know, a full full block. Mm. But I, but like I said, I enjoyed it. It was a good episode. So many good episodes though, like Lockdown and... Ah, SOS. Would that, would that be classed as a filler? With the... Um... Bernard and Rose episode where um, he's trying to make the SOS sign on the beach and people started wandering off and not really paying any attention. It probably would be in that it, it had a lot more in it than it had to. Well, the important parts probably could have been moved somewhere else. I mean, Bernard and Rose have turned out to be such minimal characters. Yeah. But again, they're giving us a look at what are other people on the island trying to do and kind of the Lord of the Flies look at, at they're trying to bring people together to accomplish a goal and they can't do it. Right. There were certain things everyone said. Well, wouldn't you try to put a message in a bottle, attach something to the birds? You know, you wouldn't just give up trying to get rescued. You'd have signal fires, all that kind of stuff. So now, that. Par Avion, where they put the message on the bird, I, I kind of felt like that was more of a filler episode. Because not a lot really happened. It was just trying to chase down these birds and Desmond grabbing the birds so Charlie didn't go out on a cliff to get it and end up dead. And they end up sending the bird off and reading the note at the end, which was a really nice scene and really emotional. You know, Charlie's reading this note to the outside world. Hey, we're still here. We're hoping you come find us. And that was a really sweet moment, but it didn't really move things forward at all. I felt like that was more filler. Yeah. I think the most important thing in that episode was in the flashback it's Claire's accident where her mom ends up in the coma and Christian Shepherd comes down and, and reveals that he's her father. Right. That's the most important part. Yeah, I agree. And you knew that Charlie was going to die at that point. You, you didn't know when or how, did you? Like, did you, did you suspect that he was legitimately no. at risk then or did you kind of know it's not going to happen? Yeah, no, I didn't know when or how he was going to die when I was watching. I don't think. Maybe I knew it was the end of season three. But everything was making me nervous. <laughs> yeah. What was the most convincing one to you? For me, it was um, when they shoot... I forget what it's called. Uh, when they shoot, I guess it's a crossbow. Oh, one of Danielle's traps, was it? Yeah, Desmond pictures Charlie getting hit with a crossbow mm -hmm. from one of the traps. And it, that was the one I thought he might actually go. Yeah, I thought, oh, Desmond's body. I don't know if he can change this one. And then Desmond hesitated and didn't want to change that one. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a loose end of sorts. Just something we never really talked about. Naomi having the picture of Penny. They didn't really go anywhere with that. I mean, we knew that Abaddon recruited her and that, you know, he's affiliated with Widmore. But they didn't really say why she would have the picture because she wasn't there to get Desmond. She was there to get Ben. And I, the only thing I can think of out of that is that we're supposed to... Th 
feel that Widmore sent Desmond to the island. Hmm. You know, it was his race that Desmond was participating in and whatever route they put him along that his goal was to have Desmond get trapped on the island. But other than that, I don't know why Naomi would have that picture because it didn't mean anything to anyone else. That seems to make sense because if she's working for Widmore, then the picture would be maybe the only form of identification he had to give her to say, this is Desmond in case you see him because he would have plenty of pictures of Penny. But given that he didn't really like Desmond and apparently Desmond hadn't talked to Penny for eight years, he would have no reason to have a picture of Desmond. And so that could be all that he had to give to her. Well, that was half of the picture with Desmond, wasn't it? The one they have taken on the... I know, maybe not. I know there's a picture they have taken... There was a picture taken by the waterfront when he has the engagement ring. But I... That's probably not the same picture now I think about it. He had a different one, I think, of just her kind of posing in the typical picture frame pose. No, I think think the picture that that has been... uh dropped around it is the uh the one of the picture where they did it on the promenade and they had the guy pulled the blind down they stood in front of the blind and took the picture there that's the one he has in his yeah and i think that's the same picture but i think there was only one picture taken unless penny took a copy of it and we haven't seen any evidence of anyone taking any pic- uh, copies of pictures I, I know people do that but that there hasn't if if there was going to be another picture out there, then surely we would, have, we would have seen them take a copy or evidence proven that there was another copy floating around. So, Anna, you think that that was uh, given to Naomi in that Widmore knew she might encounter Desmond and this was supposed to be like a... This is what he looks like? Yeah. Or even yeah. just like a, this is, if you encounter this guy, he's you can say you're with her. Did Although she say seems- she was with Penny? I thought she said, who's Penny? When uh, when he was calling he her, her Penny, yeah. he thought it was Penny. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, maybe she didn't know about Penny. It just seems weird. I mean, to have his picture, it wouldn't just be a casual, oh, here's a picture. In case you run into him, it'd be like, go look for this man. You know, you'd think it'd be, it'd be like a mandate. This is why you have this picture. This is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It's that whole arrival at the island kind of curious, because... They had the scientists, and then they had the mercenaries. And the ones who went to the island first were the scientists. But it's not like they had any um, plans of ever <laughs> saving the people who were on the island. The goal all along was get Benjamin Linus at all costs, scorch it if you have to, uh, for Widmore. So you almost think they would send the mercenary guys in, let them do whatever they have to do, and then the science team can go on after. So the fact that you had uh, basically these, I'll say, weaker spirited people come first, you know, Faraday, you had the pilot and all, it's, that gave the opening for the, <laughs> the survivors to, to somehow make a move because Naomi was the only hardcore person there. Well, maybe they have been sent there for a, a full sense of uh, security. You know, the weaker guys just landing, hi, we're here to rescue you and... We're here to do tests, and they was—they were also there to turn the gas off, weren't they? That's so, true. So maybe they're there for that. Turn the gas off, and then Plan B is uh, Kimi and all his buddies. You think Kimi was part of a second group, or 
like was Naomi in charge of both Kimi and the scientists, or was it uh, Naomi's group and then a second team with a second agenda? In my head, I I think they were always planning to get Kimi onto that island, and the scientists were there just to probe around, turn the gas off, and hold people in position. See, Faraday was there to do his uh, time experiments, wasn't he? He was also there to get healed, but he was there to do his time experiments with the uh, the bottle rocket from the boat and other uh, bits like that. Charlotte, she was there just of her own accord, really. I, I can't see why she's actually on the island to grab uh, Benjamin Linus. Well, here's a theory that I've seen somewhere, and I wish I could remember where because I'd give credit, but... One of the things that I had seen was that, you know, Hawking tells Des, uh, tells Faraday, what if I told you there's a place you could go and and you'll get well? So she suggests that, that maybe he should take this mission to go with Widmore. So perhaps Widmore sent Faraday not to go and do his experiments, but since Faraday's his son... Mm he sent him to the island to get well to go and encounter Desmond who he knew was there and you know realistically it was unlikely any any sort of data and stuff would get back from the island he's probably just humoring Faraday letting him go there other than well he, he knew that he arrived on the island anyway didn't he because Eloise killed him and wasn't Widmore there at the time that's true so so he always knew that um, a guy who Eloise said that was her son arrived. Now, did he know that that was the baby that she was carrying? Obviously, he did. Or well, he worked out. He worked it out in time. Yeah, that's true. So they both sent their own son to the island to be killed. It's not just Eloise doing it. It's him as well. Well, had they not, then he would have suffered the insanity that comes from his research. Yeah. So I, I was going to say that that's kind of a loop, but Faraday was along the path with that research without any influence, as far as we know, unless his mother had been encouraging him as a child to pursue this. In fact, she did, didn't she? When she, when he was at um, at the school and he wants to invite his girlfriend to meet his mother, and she said, no, you have more important things, you need to focus on your work. Yeah, she seems to want to break them up, doesn't she? She's kind of Well, she's kind of driven... Faraday to this path, so I would assume from that she's driven him to this line of research, encouraged him to pursue time travel and all this stuff. Yeah. It's not that you, you can't blame Desmond for anything other than giving him that spark of hope that it will work and he should stick with it in his darkest times. Hmm. So it, it's very circular if you buy into the fact that, that Hawking kind of pushed him down that path. Yes, yeah, so it's another loop that we've we've come to meet. Well, getting back to, to episodes that maybe didn't go so far, I loved the episode where Sun has the baby, and Jin is coming to see the baby, but mm-hmm. it's actually uh, two different timelines we're seeing. But I don't know what we really got out of that, except for seeing the deterioration of Jin. You know, he wanted to be a certain kind of man, he ended up being a different way. From that episode, we got... Um that Jin didn't make it off the island. We also knew that he was thought dead because they went to see his grave at the end of the episode. We also mm-hmm. uh, saw Hurley there as well. And we also knew that no one else wanted to come along. So we knew that there was a rift between the guys. Something had gone wrong and Jin had died. 
that I feel was forced in hindsight. I feel like they were trying to make us think it was Jack she blamed. Well, she did, but, didn't she? No, she said there were two people she blamed, Benjamin Linus, and it wasn't Jack. It was the other person she blamed. It was Woodmore, wasn't it? No, because she was working. She wanted to work with Woodmore. She blamed her father. Oh, her father. That's right. She wanted. She blamed her father, and she blamed Benjamin Linus. But they set it up so that you were thinking all along oh. that it was going to be Jack. Yeah, well, she was pissed at Jack in the helicopter, wasn't she? Because right. she wanted to land back down, pick him up, and there he was getting blown up on a, a ship that when they were flying away. And there was that scene in the hotel where Kate went to visit her, and, and they had this conversation about who who does she blame, and then she gets this look on her face and says, so, how's Jack? Yeah. And it just makes you get goosebumps. You're like, oh, no, she's really got it in for Jack, but then she tells Kate later, no, it's not Jack. Or she tells she tells Jack actually himself when they're in the van, and then he pulls the van over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because Jack says, "Well, I'll kill him if you don't." <laughs> she told she told Jack then, but that he wasn't the one that she blamed. Right. Yeah, but she did seem to get very sarky in in that sort of episode when she's talking to Kate. Very, yes, yes. Oh, by the way, I'm going to kill you. That's the way yeah. she came across to me. I thought she was going to kidnap Aaron. I thought so too. Uh, they they really set you up to think a lot of different things with her in, in that that whole scene there. I feel like with nobody going to see the baby. They really forced that in there to, to kind of add this misdirection, but I don't know if there was really a reason for anyone other than Kate not to go. Unless it's also supposed to indicate that, you know, everybody is is not tight and close-knit the way they were when they first got back to civilization. Mm-hmm. But it had to be pretty early because Hurley wasn't in an institution. So we figure they get back to civilization and Kate's got to go on trial. Hurley's got to... He's got his little party. Every, Hurley's got his party, and at that point, everyone's still getting along. I, I just don't know, uh, timing-wise, how well, that son would have Son would have been a couple months pregnant when she got off the island, right? Or mm-hmm. maybe one month, maybe two tops, two or three. Right. And then, so, say six or seven months after she got off the island, and then the baby wasn't very old when Hurley got over there to visit, right? Right. You know, I had pictured a few months, maybe smaller. So that's a year tops, I would think, afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's more or less straight after, isn't it, that she's had the baby that he comes over. Yeah, I thought so. And you figure Jack and Kate spend a couple months together at least. Before or after Kate's trial? I thought it was after. I assumed it was after. Yeah, it seemed after. Well, but maybe not, because the way she says, I know why you don't want to come to the house... I think maybe they, I got the impression they hung out together a little bit until Jack's father's funeral. And then that's when Miss Littleton came up and said that she um, knew Christian Shepherd and that he had a daughter, Claire. She was on the plane. And that's kind of when Jack freaked out. He, you could just see him looking at Kate holding baby Aaron and going, whoa, that's my half nephew. <laughs> and then that's why at her trial, she was saying, no, there is no you, me, coffee until you can basically accept Aaron for who he is and mm. how he's related to you. And then once Jack finally did kind of get over that, then they were able to have more of a relationship and they were living together and everything. And then you think, so the Cassidy meltdown happened much later. Yeah, I mean, that was just a couple days before they got on the plane, right? That was after they saw Miss Littleton. Well, I thought she had met with Cassidy a couple times before that. Oh, yeah, yeah. They did kind of show a couple different stages 
they life like when he was young they were over there and then when he was older they were over there mm-hmm. but the meltdown where she was crying was after she almost lost him in the grocery store right when was when was Jack's meltdown though when he was drinking and uh, she's hiding the fact that she wants to do something for Sawyer and she says don't make me tell you what it is I promised him that I figured was after the court case yeah I would think well Aaron was a toddler by that point yeah so that was pretty far pretty far into the story I think I had kind of lumped all their time together into one setting and kind of pictured them being together and only really separating once but I guess you're right they probably were together for a while separated then he reconciled with her and came back yeah, the, and they had one more meltdown. I think the drunk stuff, the the bearded Jack, is towards the very end because that's when he opens the coffin, isn't it? And then mm-hmm. uh, Linus walks in and says, "Yo, we have to go back." And then then the scene's set for trying to get them actually back. So, yeah, I think he kind of went to the bearded druggy Jack at the point where he saw Locke in the hospital, which was maybe a month or so before they went back to the island. I would guess maybe that's two what months I mm-hmm. based yeah. on beard growth. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's all uh, unshaven then as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's just starting to get unshaven, and then Locke really, really shakes him up by saying, well, your father says hi. I think that sent him over the edge. Yeah, at that point, um, Hurley's still in the Institute then, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Because he goes to see him, and he's he says, oh, I'm thinking about growing a beard. <laughs> do do yeah. guys actually go, I'm thinking about growing a beard, and then grow a beard? Because I, I think, think it, so. No, I think it just happens, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. No, no. Sorry, I'm I'm piecing it together, and I think it fits what I thought before. But you guys are making me reconsider here. So we have Jack sane, sober, calm when they land, all the way up through the funeral. At the funeral, he gets rattled a little bit, uncomfortable with Aaron. Mm-hmm. Court case happens. He's still sane, sober. He's just not happy. With, he's uneasy around Aaron. Sometime after the trial. They reconcile, get together, everybody's happy, he's reading Aaron in bed, everything's good. And then, which thing do you think first sets him off to drink? I think the candidates would be seeing the dad in the hospital, seeing Locke in the hospital, or Kate's kind of sneakiness with trying to hook up with Cassidy. What starts the the slide into alcoholism? This would be before he goes to see Hurley, I guess. I had thought it was... Locke. Locke saying that he saw his dad on the island. That kind of in sync with seeing his dad in the hospital. Probably saw his dad in the hospital first. I'd, I'd go with all three. All of the above. Because seeing all, all them three after two and a half years off an island is going to screw with you. I think. Do you think they all happened kind of within like a month of each other? Pretty much, yeah. I, you know, I think yeah. he, he ended up um, Locke coming into his hospital then seeing his old man and then, oh, hang on a minute, he goes home and the missus is, you know, keeping secrets on the phone. And so you're like, oh, God, no, no, I need another drink, and no, I need another pill, and, you know, this might help a little bit. And then he starts flying around trying to crash onto an island. He didn't have a beard when he was when finding out that Kate had been visiting someone on Sawyer's behalf, did he? No. No, no but he was definitely, he was in an advanced stage of drinking, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he was stubble jack so as well. So he started drinking because of that and then started growing the beard, kind of started going downhill. Then he runs into Locke, and then he maybe starts taking the pills. Because he's got a beard by the time that he sees Christian in the lobby of the hospital, right? When he tries to get that other doctor to write him a prescription? 
yeah, you're right. That's right. That's that's later. And then when he goes to see Hurley, and Hurley tells him he's not supposed to be raising Aaron, mm-hmm. and Hurley tells him he's gonna get a visitor. Mm, yeah. So there, he's he's not drinking as much, but he started. Oh yeah, the spirals definitely happened. So, so I, I thought have... I thought the spiral had started when he had his appendicitis and he started knocking pills back then, didn't he? And I thought that was the the slow meltdown because I think at that time hadn't we seen the flash forward by then when he had appendicitis? Wasn't he in season four? Yeah, appendicitis was later in season four. Mm. Something so, nice back home. Yeah, so, so we'd, you think we'd it already seen on an island. Like he got addicted to, to something on the island. Well, that's what I was Are you thinking. Painkillers or antibiotics. I wasn't too sure. I, I thought he was just trying to numb the pain. But i that was my thoughts anyway at the present time when he was knocking back them pills. I thought, oh, okay, fair enough. We've already seen drunk Jack, bearded Jack, off the island. Maybe this is the start of his descent. See, I've always thought, and I, and I mentioned it in another episode, that we're supposed to see Jack following the path of his father and that at some point we're going to find that they have traveled the same path. So when I saw Jack drinking and, and all, I I didn't really attribute it to any one outside factor. We hadn't seen Locke come and see him yet. We didn't know what he was going to say when he did come. So I, I figured this was just, like, it, more than anything, an addiction to the island. He's in withdrawal from the island, and he's having a breakdown as a result. And then we were going to be able to infer that the father had the same kind of meltdown and that's how he went from chief of surgery to dead drunk in Australia but mm-hmm. I see with Jack there's definitely factors we can pin it on I just don't know exactly which came first so I guess none of those were filler episodes I guess they all <laughs> they all had some meaning there's something in each of them yeah I, th- I think a lot of people um, they take what they want out of the episodes if they think it's a bit of a naff episode then they'll just oh it's, it's a filler but I think on rewatches, then there's not a lot many in there. No, I, I do think it's really just pacing. That's the thing. That, you know, if you want the abridged version of the story, there's certainly things you could cut out. There are a handful of things that were just dead ends. But in terms of, of uh, being enjoyable to watch, and there's really nothing that you sit there and cringe and go, "Wow, that that just killed me." It was in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think. Uh, this is probably a good spot to stop. There's plenty of things for us to keep digging through. We referenced, or Anna referenced, an episode guide. Um, we'll have it in the show notes. It's simply epguides.com backslash lost. And you can get the air dates and some synopsis and uh, um, credit information for all the lost episodes. So we've had that in front of us here as we've been poking through. Make sure you do check out Anna's podcast and her blog. You want to give them the links for that? Sure. Um, the podcast is called Jacob's Cabin, and it can be found at Anna in Indiana.wordpress.com, and it's also in iTunes. All right. And uh, we were both part of the Lost Podcasting Network, <laughs> so if you haven't checked that out, make sure you do. And this was a lot of fun. I hope you didn't mind uh, kind of our free-flowing style here today, Anna. But we took oh, like that to come back again. Yeah, it was fun. Well, um, if if you guys out there have got any uh, theories that you want us to revisit or story topics that you want us to hit as well, just send them all to rethinkinglost at gmail.com. And we've got the Twitters on the websites, which you can follow as well. And we'll stick everything up from Anna's podcast up there as well. 
Yep. So thanks very much for listening and we'll talk to you guys in a week. Thank you very much, guys. See you later. This podcast is a proud member of the Lost Podcasting Network. Get all your favorite Lost podcasts in one feed at lostcasts.blogspot.com.